SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Welcome to Monday Morning Deep Dish, uh, this time featuring seasonal allergies. My name is Shepard Price, and with me, as always, are LBR. Hi. And Janelle. Hi. Hi, everybody. How's it going? We should have both coughed right when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today's uh, Monday Morning Deep Dish is going to be about the young guns, as LBR has been doing a series throughout the season about the young players. Um, so with that, Janelle, take it away. Yeah, great. So um, I think what we should do uh, for our listeners is start with um, an understanding of the parameters of uh, both your series, um, LBR, and then how our discussion is going to go today. So specifically, um, who are you including um, from the team, from the Hawks, from the Blackhawks, and why um, and why are they out and, and or why are they included? Um, so for my series, I was including... Anyone on the team that was 25 or younger and that played at least one NHL game this season, if between one article and the next they hadn't played like three since then, I skipped them for that iteration just because that's a very small sample. Um, But I mostly did this. So, like, if you look at most lists, it's usually under 25 or under 23. Um, And I wanted to do 25 selfishly so I could include Kubelik um, because I feel like he's a very big piece of the future. So I wanted to cover him. And it also gave me an excuse to include Lincoln and Zadorov. So that's the big reason it's 25 as my limit instead of slightly younger age that might be normal for other series. Okay. So yeah, I guess we're going to be then uh, that, that leads us to understand that we're talking and your series is talking about also what's happening currently, but then also forward looking in, in, in a bit too. Yeah. So this is focused primarily just on the kids that have played for in the NHL. So it's not touching on any prospects in the system. We have a different, you know, prospect updates series for that. So okay. um like we can touch on that a little bit later, but mostly we want to focus on who is currently playing and how how are they doing while playing. Great. Okay. Um, so let's get into the discussion then. Um, for both of you, who have been the most impressive um, among the new players, um, both at the blue line and and forward as well. Yeah, I think so. You've got to start where the Blackhawks season sort of has started this season uh, with Kevin Lankinen, um and how good as a 
rookie goaltender he's been, um, especially because the expectations on him were an, as a 909 AHL goaltender. And maybe, maybe especially now looking back on it uh, with the knowledge we have of how he's played in the NHL, maybe that was a problem with the Rockford Ice Hogs defense instead of him. Um, but yeah, he's been a 915 in a rookie season, even though that's a number that's stead- steadily dropped over the course of the season. 915 is still probably above league average this season. Um, his 829 high danger save percentage, he's doing the things that like he needs to be doing. Uh, to keep the Blackhawks anywhere close to the playoffs. Um, like if they make the playoffs, it'll probably be because he had a Calder finalist season as a rookie. Um, he's been one of the most impressive goaltenders this season, flat out. Um, but certainly one of the most, probably the most impressive uh, rookie goaltender. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about that, LBR? I mean, yes, because a lot of the very beginning of the season, like a good, like maybe the first half of the season was carried by goaltending. And a large part of that was Lankanen. And for a while there, he was putting up Vesna quality um, numbers um, for a good, like third. Now, obviously they've come down, but you know, some of the other Vesna people are playing behind better teams. The only one that isn't is like Helen Buck. Um, so, and it is his first full season. So just that alone is super impressive. The fact that he's probably going to finish well above the average for the season, which I think is close to like 905 this season. It's way, way down over the last couple of years, um, probably because of the weird divisional formatting that's happening. But yeah, you have to give so, so much credit to him just putting him, putting the the Blackhawks on his back and carrying them a little bit and allowing them to find their footing early in the season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a little bit of because of the divisional format, especially the North uh, where the goaltenders have been subjected to torture. Yeah. Um, but besides Lankin and uh, like the, the veteran guys like the Brinkat and Kubalik, who still qualify for the series have been excellent. The Brinkat is one of the best players in the NHL flat out this season. Yes. Um, and if the Blackhawks do make the playoffs, I think there, there could be a debate. And I think a well, like, I think there's evidence on both sides that the Brinkat is just as much the MVP as Kane is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little bit of that is that the Brinkat plays better defense. Um, I mean, there's also the, the rookies like Suter has come out of nowhere and is one of the better rookies this season, especially at forward. And Doc is showing back up and has played well in the games he's played. And then you go to like your young defense, Boquist. I don't think we'll stop talking about Boquist this season. Um, but yeah, like, and also there's the, the big surprises like Randon Hagel has been excellent. Uh, and Philip Kurashev, who still does not get enough time, has been good as well. Yeah, to touch on Dubrinkit and how good he's been this season, um, he's second only behind Kane in points per 60 at five on five, but he has a much better, he's like in the 96th percentile in the league for finishing. Only Kubelik is better than him on the team. He's in like the 98th percentage, but he plays against the top QOC because he's a quality of competition because he's with Kane. He's the best forward off the rush and on the four track slash cycle. Like he gets the most shots and quality on the team. Um, and he's in the top 20 in the league in that room. He's also, he also has the most controlled zone entries. He's got the second best carry in percentage behind Kane. 
the second most high danger shot assists, which means he's passing more dangerously only behind Strom. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing everything you want offensively and he's much improved defensively. So it's a, it's exactly the type of uh, progress you want to see at his age. He is coming into stardom in our, like in my opinion. Yeah, he's, he has the same expected goal, uh, goals of a, above replacement as Alexander Barkov and is like 0.3 behind Mark Stone, which is insane. Yeah, he's top he's top 15 in even strength above replacement. Um, only Kane on the team is higher, who's in top 10, but yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so I'm wondering, um, would you think that some or all of the young players are playing uh, so little time, and do you have theories behind why this is happening? Yeah, so... Like, like we said, like I said, Khrushchev is playing very little time, um, especially for the group. Uh, he's at 12 minutes ish, 1231. Um, and then even, uh, Brandon Hagel's at like 1324 and both of those guys could play a lot more. Um, they've earned it this season. Uh, I think. Part of it is that Jeremy Colleton doesn't deserve the reputation he sort of came in with, where he's good with the young players. And you see that because, like, how is Nikita Zadarov playing more time on ice than Adam Boquist at this point in time? Hmm. Um, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, sure, part of it is probably Zadarov playing uh, penalty kill minutes, but, like, Boquist can probably play about penalty kill minutes at this point. And, like... Colleton is not the young is not the expert with young players that he was hyped up to be. So this is basically a coaching problem more than anything else. What you would say theoretically. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of wondering if LBR and I are on the same page about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a coaching preference. Um, there was the running narrative, of course, that Q disliked young players. Um, but I think a lot of coaches tend to be soft handed when it comes to younger players, which is totally fine. But at a certain point, when a player is proving that they're doing well, you really should be incrementing up their ice time. And Boquist has been seeing that rise in recent games. Um, He's hit like 20 minutes a couple of times over the last few games, maybe even three or four times. Um, Some of that has to do with the they've gotten a lot more power play time. They had like so many power plays in the last game. Kane had like six minutes alone on the power play. Um, but at some point you have to start you have to play the young players a little bit more in different situations. Um, there's no reason that Kubalik should be getting under 10 minutes, five on five or Kurashev really realistically. Let's, that's just kind of silly at this point, you know, even if you don't think Kurashev or, you know, is too young or, or even Hegel are playing as well. Kubalik should not be getting, last five on five ice time than say camps. But yeah, I think JC has a little bit of a like man crush on camp or something. And I don't, I, he's a good player, but he's not, he doesn't need to be have having those types of minutes and they could be given to other players, just split them. You know, it's not, not that hard. So yes, I don't, I also kind of, I do agree with Shepard that, where did this reputation come from exactly? Because he only had one season in the HL really, right? Like one and a half, like how long? It wasn't very long. And he didn't play with very many young players when he was 
in the European League. So where where did he get this exactly? Other than the fact that people are like, well, Doc got better under him and Brinkett got better under him. And I'm like, that's just age development. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that has much to do with him. I think that they, first of all, Brinkett came into the league great. And then his second season was awesome. If anything, he regressed under JC for a year. And yeah, especially that first season. I know. And, and I think Strom has regressed under him a little bit this year too. Um, and I think Boquist and Doc are following their exact age curves of development. So I'm not sure how much credit you should be given to the coach at this point. I'm willing to, you know, if other people believe it, then, you know, go for it. And if it ends up working out in the long run, great. I just don't really see the results of it personally. Yeah, and I think there was a warning sign in his first season, too, where Q was willing to play Henry Yokoharu, and then Henry Yokoharu is no longer a part of this team because Colleton didn't like him. Like, that's probably a warning sign that, hey, this guy who's supposed to be a young coach who's good with the young players probably isn't if he's willing to ship out somebody who probably could have been a part of the team's future. He's yeah. not doing great in Bu- he's, he's not doing great in Buffalo right now, but like who is doing great in Buffalo right, right. now? Right. And I was about to say it's not necessarily about Yogi Haru as a player. It's about the refusal to play a young up to that point good player. Yeah. So it was like even if you even if the people who are listening to this don't you know they're like, well Yogi Haru hasn't turned into anything. That's whatever. Um it's literally just here was a kid on the rise and all of a sudden he went down to, you know, f- playing 15 minutes a game instead of the like 20 he was getting before and then slowly got shipped out. So yeah. none of and these things are great. So, yes. And going back to your point that Bokwis is recently playing 20, 20 minutes. That's not great when Duncan is still averaging like 24. Like yeah, Bokwis I mean, is probably Focus would, could probably hit 22 and be fine. You would that. hope that Keith would get a little bit less, but I'm a, I'm more lenient with Keith than I am with Zadorov, um, personally. <laughs> like, we all know who Keith is. He's going to play how he's going to play. But Zadorov, while he was playing better, that's not a that's not exactly a high bar to climb over. He was so bad in the beginning. So, um, yeah, I think we all think Boquist should be playing more. And it'd be good for him. Um, it'd be great for him to play on the penalty kill. Like you said, he's never done it before. So it's a little like iffy, but, but why wasn't Ian Mitchell getting penalty kick um, play time? He played that in college and he was great at it. Right. And why, like in this season, that's supposed to be about like the young guns or we're rebuilding. Like they've made, they've made the announcement where the, the team is rebuilding. Why is Ian Mitchell and Nick, Nicholas Bodan not with the team anymore? Like if the, if the point was to play young players, like this is especially the problem. Why are they no longer even on like the taxi squad? I can understand a little bit with Mitchell. He did hit a wall. Um, He was playing a little bit like his play went down, but I still think you play kids through that, give them some rest off and then let them play through. Maybe this whole, because they have so many extra defensemen to rotate in. um, I'm okay with him going and playing with, ice hogs to get some playing time but i do want him brought back up um i want his confidence to not be take a hit for this um because mitchell is a good player and should develop into a good nhl player so so you guys have uh, answered a lot of questions that i've had <laughs> that last little segment <laughs> we're just like going off we're like let's just yeah I'm, I'm just sort of like when do we interject in this you know 
Um, and, and like, from my point of perspective, you know, you, you both are so much about stats and things like that. And I don't know, maybe this is like a little bit off the wall, but you know, you talked about they're developing, they should get more play time. Um, but is there something specific? Maybe you can talk about how, um, you've seen a particular player developed, like what is the skill that's developed with extra play time? Or what do you think, like if they're on the penalty kill more, what would, what skill wise would you see better? And I know it's speculative, but I think different situations gives players different like experiences and different like re- like ways to see themselves. Like, okay, here's what I have to learn how to do in the in the National Hockey League versus here's what I've learned. And like Boquist not playing on the penalty kill doesn't show him like, okay, here's how I can get better defensively. Um, if he's if he's playing like like he's still got a uh, very high offensive zone start percentage, he's used to that. He's like there's he's good enough at what he does now that there's not a real ton of room for growth anymore. And you want players to see players grow more. So you want to see Boquist like sort of even make mistakes on the penalty kill, but like learn from those mistakes and get better through that. Um, which, and I think you've seen Boquist do that throughout the season, especially since he came back from, from his uh, stint on the, on the COVID protocol list. Like he's been a lot better and he's learned from his mistakes defensively and has grown exponentially as a defensive player. Um, you want to see like doc lockdown, uh, trying to th- figure out who the best center in the cent in the central is that he'll face. Um, cause I have a ton of good centers in this division. Uh, I mean, there's the lightnings. Yes. You want to see him like lock down Braden point. Like yeah. you want to see him face off with like top tier competition and he's not doing that a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see like Dominique Kubelik get better in his own end as well. Like you want to see these guys continue to grow because they're young enough that at, that at this point they can continue to grow. So do you think they're doing better than expect against the, mo- the most seasoned team players? Yeah, I think, I think that the, the reason the team has grown as much as they have is that the young players have grown. Like the way, the, the reason the Blackhawks are like competitive with the lightning now in the games they've played recently versus like at the start of the season is because you've seen that exponential growth in the young guys. Yeah, I'll say that mo- a lot of the mis- the big mistakes that end up in the back of the net seem to come from the veteran players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's coming from. We keep the we keep harping on him, but it's Zadorov. I mean, Dehan had like two weeks where he wasn't looking great, and he had like a bunch of turnovers that <laughs> were all goals against. Like I think every time he tried to touch the puck in the defensive zone, it was like, "Eh, that's in the net," or it bounced off on him. Like he had such bad luck, and he wasn't playing that great. But Zadorov has his issues, which is why it'd be great if you saw the young players, especially Boquist, play a little bit more because he has some of the best um, pass blocking. Like, he's very good at pass suppression, which is something, considering the Blackhawks in general are not great with shot suppression, um, one way to help on that is to keep the players at least to the outside. And Boquist is really good at that right now. Like he's been one of the best on the team. He's only behind Murphy in that stat. So give him more time on something like the penalty kill where he could focus on that skill and it'll translate even better at five on five. You know, it's just give him a little bit more like incremental. I think that it's been happening a little bit more lately, but it needs to have ramped up much sooner. And I get that we're in the race for the playoffs. And again, every coach, JC is not the only one, tends to rely on veterans more. It's just more comfortable. 
But this season is a balance. And if the young players are actually the ones performing better, reward them. I would rather the Blackhawks lose on a miscue from, you know, Suter or Kurashev than I would on a miscue from Dahan or uh, Zudorov. Right. And especially like when the frame of mind was sort of set in this season going, going in that like it wasn't supposed to be comfortable. Like it's, I think fans would be okay with it not being comfortable if they're, if the reason it's not comfortable is that like the young guys are the ones making mistakes. So um, you've talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the performance of the, of the young guys. Um, is this the same as who might be your biggest surprise of out of the young, the young ones this season? Or do you think uh, you've already covered that sort of area? I would say I'm, my, yeah. I was going to say Go my ahead. biggest surprise. Let's all talk at the same time. <laughs> um, I wasn't yes. expecting anything out of him, really. They they talked him they talked him up a little bit prior to um, the season. He kept he was getting into these like hardworking and all these categories that their scouts listed ahead of the schedule. And I was like, I saw that when he was playing for the Ice Hogs, but a lot of the stuff that he did down there, I didn't know if it would translate to the NHL. Honestly, like his shot isn't great. Um, so I was worried that his points were inflated by poor goaltending in the AHL, which I think they were, but man, he out, he hustles. And when we say, you know, you sit there and say, oh, intangibles of like gritty, hardworking. No, no, those turn into tangibles. Okay. Statistically, he's um, the third best on sh- uh, per 60 shot rate at five on five after Kat uh, Debrinka and Kane. He's the third best in high danger shots per 60, per 60 after Kubelik and Suter. He creates the second most rebounds after Kurashev. He has some of the best transition stats. Um, he's at the top of like rushes and uncycling. Like he does a lot of things very, very well. If he could score a little bit better, yes, he could be Shaw. He could be Shaw 2.0, but faster. Yeah, he has 6.11 expected goals this season. He's only converted five. Uh, I yeah. think, yeah, you're right. That, that could be better. But, like, he's insane on the puck. He has 21 takeaways to just six giveaways. Uh, and he's drawn 11 penalties to taking three. Uh, that's Those are both really good. He's really good on the puck. Um, and he's got, like, good numbers, especially considering the fact that in his rookie season is a 43.31%, like, defensive like uh, offensive zone start percentage which means he's taking a defensive role and putting up offensive numbers with it like hagel can hagel can be better in that in that scoring metric you're right but like he away from shooting and scoring he's everything i think you want out of a bottom six player yeah and like i said if he could just get the scoring down or even he got really good at um, he's never going to be a creative playmaker, but he got very good at efficiency when it came to his passes. And with a straight shooter like Kubelik, it worked really well for a while. So it's the same reason I think Hino um, Stroza works with Kubelik is because it's a sh- their their type of passing is very efficient, straight line kind of thing. Hino um, Stroza is a little bit better at getting to spaces, but there's a chance that he that that. Hagel could be a very, very good third line player. I don't think he has to be like a checking line player, but a very good third line player that could push pace and contribute offensively while still being strong defensively. He could be a nice little package. Um, 
So do you think you're one of, he's one of the players that you're excited about um, upcoming? I, I don't make this comparison lately. I think he's smaller sod. So yes. Okay. See that. Uh, Saad actually can score a little bit better than him, but I think they're they're both. I think for both players, you can you you say like that scoring is their probably biggest issue. Like if they yes. were better at converting, they'd be like top tier players. Yeah. Um. Saad had not great hands, especially off the rush, and Hagel has a similar issue. Saad is better at shoveling pucks in when on the cycle Hagel still can't do that yet, but he's still young and he could totally improve. That's a, that's a very, um, Marchand is a perfect example of a player who had all the skill sets and like all these types of skill sets that would be good, but it took him a little while to really hone it. Now, obviously I don't, I don't think Hagel's going to be a Marchand level or anywhere close, but in a similar, like, he had to work on his shot in close and now Marchand is like the best in close shoot. One of the best in close shooters on his backhand, for example, in the league. So if, if Hagel could just get like a little bit better scoring from the area that he shoots from the most and not directly into a goaltender. Um, yeah. It would just take him up. He could play up and down the lineup easily. He could be a nice little Swiss army knife. Are there any other young players that you're uh, excited about going forward? Kurashev, I think, especially if he gets more time. Um, but outside of the lineup, if we're, if we're going to go there, Reich, Reichel, I think, I think everybody should have reason to be excited about Reichel. Okay, what do you, um, what do you think about how uh, our newly acquired Borgstrom and Stillman, Stillman are going to fit into the team? Okay, so Borgstrom <laughs> was amazing in college. Okay, like he was really, really, really good in the college, but when he got to the AHL, he had issues. He was scoring fine in his first season, but it was difficult for him. And then he didn't do well when he had his call up to the NHL. And then he went back to the AHL and wasn't very good. Um, So it's really hard for me to put these two players together. The last time I saw him play, because I haven't watched him in, um, in the Finnish league at all. uh, He looked disinterested. And his skating looked very slow, but I've been told that that has to do with some, sometimes it has to do with his issues, like his uh, mental mistakes that he slows the game down too much um, for his speed level. Um, So it's really hard for me to figure out where he's going to be in this lineup. A lot of people are like, Oh, he could be the future two C. And I'm like, well, we'll slowly roll there. Um, It hasn't even been proven if he could play in the NHL much less, be a top six center. He has great puck handling skills. Um, his When he's really like going his one-on-one with defenders, he can make them look ridiculous. Um, but he's still a work in progress. And at almost 24, it's a little like iffy. He's not like Kubelik. Somebody else mentioned, they're like, well, Kubelik came to us later. Kubelik before the season before he came was pretty well round, well-rounded. Um, he was ready to make the transition and you could see it all in the way that he plays. Borkstrom isn't that yet. Um, so I'd like to see him start in the bottom six, maybe in a third line role. I don't know if he's a center in the NHL. I don't know if he's defensively good enough for that, but, and also being on the wing would probably free him up a little bit to be that creative self and he could drive from the wing a little bit more. So bottom six for him. And I honestly don't know enough about Stillman um, 
to be able to judge him. He's an LD who plays stay at home, which they don't have a lot of. Um, he's not small. He's not huge. Um, he sounds okay. He looks like a good skater. So the problem with the problem with Stillman is that he's 23 and that, that like, that's a little bit old for a defenseman to like sort of break into a lineup. Um, and the Blackhawks do have some stay at home defensemen coming. Vlasic, I think Regula is a stay at home defenseman. Um, in terms of Borgstrom, like uh, he's probably in the pipeline behind, at least at center Barrett and, uh, Reichel right now. So, I think people who have been like, uh, he'll probably force camp out of the lineup might be right, but he might, that works for maybe like a four C if us, if, if, as LBR said, if he's a center. Um, I just, there's, I think the hype has died, died down on him for a little bit for a good reason. Yeah. Okay, I, well, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to oh, have more questions for both of you. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think it'd be great uh, that we could end on a discussion about, um, you know, the top, maybe the top 10 under 25 for the Hawks. Like what, what, what would your rankings be? Just so we, you know, we don't go for hours. We could talk about the top 25 if you wanted, but uh, maybe yeah. top 10. <laughs> yeah. I thought I, I'm wondering if me and LVR will have the same top 25 under 25. So uh, go ahead. Okay. So mine would be it's docs at the top. Um, I think Dabrinkit is ahead of him currently, but that's, I think Doc's the, the going to be the real deal. So Team Doc, Canada. Dabrink- huh? Team Canada. <laughs> so, so Doc, Dabrinkit, Oquist. I still have Strom in my top four. I think he's having a down season, but I think it's a young slump and then being used not great. Um, then I have Reichel um, rounding out my top five because I've just really liked what he looks like. Um, over in the German league. Then I have Mick Mitchell, Bodan, Suter, Kershev, Hegel as my top 10. Okay. We're, we're pretty close in terms of like, who's in our top 10. Yeah. Um, I'd have to bring cat first. I think to bring cat is the real deal at, at wing. Yeah. Um, and as Patrick Kane has shown, sometimes like a, a good wing drives a line on their own. Um, and I do see to bring cat, having more goal scoring touch than Kane, but like being able to do the same thing in terms of play driving. And then Doc, Boquist, IFP is Suter at four because we, we know what he is at the NHL level. Um, we we don't know what Reichel is yet. We don't know what a lot of guys are, but we know the Suter can be probably a middle six, maybe second line wing for the future. Um, then Strom, Hagel. Uh, I'm, again, the surprise of the season, but he's... Besides, again, besides the scoring, he does everything you want out of a player. And then Kurashev, Mitchell, Bodan, and Kalyanuk. Okay, so would you guys like to start fighting? <laughs> I think the big difference is is, is Reichel versus Kalyanuk. And I put Kalyanuk there because he's had, of the rookie defenseman, like the biggest uh, defensive role. Um, yeah, and my, yeah. my thing is just a sample size issue. I need to see more from him before... I can rank him higher. He was like, I think 12th for me going, he'd be right at the bottom, like right here. And I just, I, I just need to see more of him. Cause I liked him in college, but I didn't like him that much in college, you know, like he yeah. was good, but he wasn't great to me. I think he, he has, a, he has a lot of the sort of puck driving skills of a defenseman you want. Yeah. I think you're right that he might need to show us a little bit more, but that's because of 
like how defensemen have been used this season. Yeah. By the coaching staff. I, my Suter is lower. He's eight for me, but that's only because I think he should be playing wing and I'd like to see him. I think he would break out much. I think he'd be higher if he was a wing, you know, like I think his skill yeah. fits that better, but I can only go on what we have now, which I think is a little limited because of him playing center. So and yeah. And that part of that is like them not using Brian Carpenter at center. And part of it is John Taves missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think our lists are practically like they're really close and it has to do with like preferences of playing time and sample size. And do you rate um, NHL current, current NHL play over? Cause like to bring it doc, you go back and forth on those um, to bring it is obvious. I think he's a star this year. He should be a star this year. And I think doc has the potential to be Jonathan Taves in the future. Yeah. And then like my people near the top for me are Comesso Vlasic Reichel, straight right outside the top 10. Yeah, Vlasic came up a lot this year. There were some question marks between after D1 and um, right after the draft. And he answered all of those this year, I think. Not only did he improve defensively with some what, what was shaky in his freshman year, but he was much better offensively, not just scoring points, but driving it. Like he he was like the the fourth touch on a lot of um, goals in on his team. And yeah, yeah Comesso. Like, hopefully he can rock it next year because it'd be great to have an actual drafted goalie make it through all the way to the Blackhawks because we haven't had one since Corey Crawford. Um, so as always, I've learned yeah, a lot. I think this is fantastic. Uh, these conversations are so great. Are there any last-minute <laughs> thoughts that you have? There's a, there's a lot of good talent in the, pipe, in the defensive pipeline. Kaiser, Phillips, Slaggart. I mean, Slaggart's a forward, but... Kaiser Phillips, Vlasic. Yeah, it's the defense is such a strong group. Um, it might not be like as heavy as some other groups. There, there are some prospect pools that have like guys that are really heavy at the top, but every team needs to hit on late round picks. And I think the Blackhawks have done a good job of collecting a variety of late round defen- defensemen um, that they're going to hit on a few of them. Um, Last year's draft, the top four in that draft all did ex- have all exceeded expectations for year one past the draft. So, and two of them are defenders. Great. And Phillips, and he he's not the top. He was in the top four round, but he was he's one of them from that draft too. Okay, fantastic conversation again as always. Uh, let's go Hawks. Mm-hmm.